If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by just Alex Maurer, just like the good old days, to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for this last week. Boy, oh boy, do we have an episode for you today. As I mentioned, Cody is out of town. He is in Wyoming. He may or may not be back. He's not responding to my text. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. I hope he's okay. I, I'm sure he's fine. But we're going to go ahead and just record the episode today without him. Uh, it's possible I may not be available for the next two episodes. So uh, summer's crazy. Summer be crazy. But uh, it's it's going to be fun. Our episode today, we've got a pod trivia question for you, as always, cooked up by somebody that Alex knows, and then we've got um, our Monarchs Minute from Alex Maurer, and then our Royal Roundup will not be available today, no Cody, also no news, and then we've just got a little bit of club news, and then we're going to go ahead and jump on into the St. Louis Review and the Minnesota Game Review. We've got two game reviews on this episode, and then we're going to wrap everything up with a preview. We're going to go ahead and preview the Toronto game this weekend, just one game, no double game previews for this one, but Alex... How are you doing today? No Cody beside you. I have air conditioning in my apartment. It is the biggest news of the summer, and it was completed all of two days ago. We used to have a swamp cooler, and now we have upgraded. Thank you, landlord. I get after landlords for creating nothing, but they've created a nice cool space for me in this apartment, and for that, I am grateful. I also had a wedding this weekend, not my own, but a friend's. That was just an absolute joy, just a riot of a good time. And we've got CFC practice tomorrow. I'm on teacher summer right now, so I have a whole lot of nothing going on. So if you're looking to play some pickup basketball or pickleball or soccer or any other sport that I might be good at or at least uh, capable of playing in some sort of an athletic way, I am I am all game for that. So you just let me know. We're recording 2 p.m. on a Monday. This has to be an yes. RSL season pass first. This has to be an Alex and Ethan first. I don't know that I've ever, ever recorded with you in this time slot. So this feels new and good. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good because we still have energy. So it's not nighttime. So we're not like completely destroyed at this point, but. But it's good. a Monday. So it's like brightening up the worst day of the week too. Yeah. I quite enjoy it. Exactly. We got to make sure to get this episode out today. If you can do that, if you can work your editing. Yeah, magic, our little ticker says new episodes every Monday. So I Great. will be getting this one up Great. as soon as possible. What about a pickup spelling bee? Are you down for that? I actually watched some of like the national spelling bee on TV. It was on like ESPN two a while back. And there was a kid from South Jordan, Utah on who did very well. I don't know if he oh. won. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I would certainly be interested in that. However, I'm very, very bad at spelling without like being able to write it out. I'm a, I'm a visual learner. So I'm trying to do okay. so in my head is at times difficult. I also get the word definitely wrong every single time. I mix up the E and like the L-Y. If something should end in like an L-E-Y, I don't know. It's 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 tough for me. But I would love to do that, Ethan. I think an, uh, a pickup spelling bee would be extremely interesting. Well, I don't know how that would work, but I'd be, <laughs> I'd be interested to try, certainly. 
we got to change stuff from the the spelling way of view of point of view uh, into the the soccer language point of view because that's why everybody's here. They want to listen to us talk about <laughs> soccer. But um, speaking of soccer language, I was actually playing pickup basketball and I've been playing a lot of pickup soccer recently uh, before this and we were in trans. I don't play a lot of basketball. I never really have. I played one year of junior jazz when I was 12 years old and that was it but I'm trying to pick it up now and I kept saying time 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 when a player had lots of time and didn't need to rush and I got in trouble because they thought I was calling timeout in a pickup basketball game and that was just like a little uh translanguaging moment that I didn't quite get right a little code switching that I needed to be better at apparently time means timeout in basketball and in soccer that just means like take your time buddy and so that's that's new for me that's that's my biggest uh improvement in my basketball game is my vocabulary huh. so far maybe i'm a soccer player first but i, I would have been, i would have been fine with that like i don't see any issue with saying time i, well, I didn't either I until you play a sport that has timeouts and you're like oh yeah i guess that, that that's sense. on them that's on them to be fair um no one asked me how i'm doing because cody's not here um who is sorely missed on the episode today but i'm doing great um i'm so glad you know, to hear that sorry weather, <laughs> you're fine weather's super hot outside um i like just spending time with my family and like watching soccer and uh over the summer, it doesn't really get better than that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the episode. Before we do all of that, though, uh, be sure to follow RSL Season Pass on Twitter if you don't already. If you don't, shame on you. If you do, congratulations and thank you very much shame for, on you. for doing so. You can follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter. And you can also find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Make sure to listen to any of our past episodes you may have missed. Also, leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined. And go ahead and leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database. We always need good new questions on the docket. And lately, we've been at somewhat of a shortage, if I'm not mistaken. So please send in those questions. We are needy, and we would really appreciate those. So thank you very much for submitting them in advance. Alex... I know you're raring to get going on this episode because we got a lot to talk about. So shall we dive into the the soccer talk? Ethan, I would absolutely love to. I think that would be just delightful. Shall we start with a pod trivia question? Pod trivia question. Let's go ahead and do it so I can get another one wrong. Ethan, you mentioned right at the top there that we have been hurting for pod trivia questions. And that's unfortunately true. Uh, We have not had a submission this week. And so I tried for the very first time on this podcast to use one resource titled chat GPT. Am I saying that correctly, Ethan? That's correct. Uh, I asked them for a Justin Glad trivia question and they gave me one and I didn't like it. So <laughs> I've come up with a new question and perhaps I've buried the lead here. But the USMNT played Bosnia and Herzegovina in a 2018 friendly under interim head coach Dave Sarakin. Which RSL player played in that game for the red, white, and blue? Is it A, Kyle Beckerman? Is it B, Justin Glad? Is it C, Rubio Rubin? Or is it D, Nick Raimondo? Ethan, what say you? Who played in this friendly? This is US friendly, Nick Raimondo, and Beckerman. I feel like are going to be straightforward answers. Justin Glad... 2018 that's like five years ago he would have been a wee little lad hmm you're gonna want me to say Rubio Rubini because bro now plays for Guatemala um yeah 
Rubio for Bean. Why not? Ding, ding, ding. Ethan Kershaw, you are correct. It is now current Guatemalan national teamer Rubio Rubin who played for the U.S. in that game, not Justin Glad, who seemingly ChatGPT thought played in this game because I asked for a question about him and he said, and ChatGPT, I don't know why I gender ChatGPT, said that Justin Glad played in 2018 for the USMNT. That is not true. He's apparently never appeared for the US men's national team, as far as I can tell, despite being called up and sent home early twice. Yep. So I was looking for like a really positive Justin Glad trivia question because we're going to get to, you know, his sensational goal he scored uh, in stoppage time against Minnesota. But apparently there was none to be had. But Rubio Rubin, in researching that game about Justin Glad, I saw him come off the bench and it struck my eye. So Ethan, congratulations on getting that correct when the AI algorithms couldn't do so. Cool. I'm better than a computer. That really, that makes me feel good about myself. So thank you very much for that pod trivia question, Alex. The more, you know, hopefully Twitter can get that one right as well. I have faith. I think they can do it. I think if they think about it, they can get it right because it's the one answer that's not obvious. Like my pod trivia question last week. So, so true. And if you have a spare 10 minutes this week, send in an RSL pod trivia question to the pod trivia database so that you can just share your RSL knowledge with the world. Yeah. I'm going to call out Hayden Nielsen because I know he's got plenty of time. So Hayden, go ahead and submit a question for us. Thank you. And shots fired Royal riot pod. Shout out Royal riot pod. We love you guys. Um, Okay. Well, you know, Sometimes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just love you, Hayden. Oh, you guys are great. Ethan. Um, yes, all Stop of you are great. Um, Everyone whole, else that's on there. Whole crew. There's like um, 55 people on that podcast now. Yes, now there is. Um, just three, but only two today for us. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the club news segment. As I mentioned, no. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. I'm totally skipping the Monarchs Minute. What am I doing? <laughs> We've been in such a groove lately, and uh, this, this mid-Monday afternoon episode's got me uh, going for one. So Monarchs Minute, Alex... Uh, I think you've got one cooked up for us. Don't think we're going to like I the always results. do. This one is courtesy of me, not ChatGPT. No computers to be found here. The Real Monarchs picked up their fourth road win of the season, defeating Portland Timbers 2-3-2-2 wow. at Providence Park in come-from-behind fashion. The comeback win marks just the second time in MLS Next Pro history that the Monarchs have taken all three points after conceding first. Our sweet, poor Monarchs went down 2-0 off of an own goal and a penalty kick within 15 minutes of this one and looked well on their way to another loss. But despite the bad early vibes, they rallied back with two goals from Berton Jacassin and one from RSL season pass favorite Taron Williams to somehow find a win on the road. For all you keeping track out there, Monarch's youngster Axel Kai still has not featured for the team in any capacity this season, and that didn't change this week. I've been told from the club that this is a combination of injury and non-soccer-related issues, keeping him from the team right now, but that there is no concern that he won't return. So we should see him sometime, hopefully, sooner rather than later, which is a good thing because he was probably the brightest spot last season from the Monarchs that was not named Gavin Beavers. That is the end of this week's Monarchs Minute. Ethan, how did I do time-wise? Great. Uh, how do, who do they play this week? Do you know by chance? Portland Timbers 2. Are you even listening? Oh, who no, do no, they no. play? Who do they play? Oh, yeah. I, have, I have no it's idea. That's game. too far in the future for me to tell. All right. Well, we don't care. We're going to go ahead. Only and- a crystal ball could, could know that sort of information, Ethan. We'll review whatever that game may be next week um, while you potentially might be looking that up. Um, I will mention Burt Jackson's, at least his second goal. I didn't see his first one. Second goal was very, very nice. If you haven't already Go over to the Monarchs page. They have that uh, that goal over there. 
just check it out. Burt Jackson, special player. I hate that nickname. I think that's so stupid. It's, you know what? I love the, like, the glimmer in your eye when I see it, though. So, like, from that perspective, I kind of love it. But, like, it's, the commentators get it so wrong, so it just, like, strikes my ears, like, oh, it's, it's another commentator just being incorrect. It's, it's but more I know of a it's joke from, than anything else. No, because... I know it's coming from a guy who knows how to say his name, so it, that does make me feel better. They're, they're still called, I, I think it was MLS, it was, was it the... It was the Cincy game that we're going to talk about. They were calling if he played in that game, um, but they were calling him. Game? Yeah, they were calling him Burt Jackson. Like, like they were legit just calling him or not Burt Jackson, serious? but Jackson. They were oh, calling okay. him Jackson. Like, you look at his last name and you just—it's not in Jackson. no way is that. Ja- that's that's so French right there, man. At least try. At least give <laughs> it a shot. So tough. Um, then I'll play Austin FC two for those that are interested. There you go. Thank you, Alex. Um, four of you out no, Burt Jackson with a fantastic goal, two goals in this game. It's something you like to see, even though it is with the Monarchs. It's good that he's getting that development and that growth. And then Taron Williams' goal, man, uh, just speeds down the right side of the field and completely nutmegs the goalkeeper for the game-winning goal in like the 81st minute. So, um, yeah, that was a great win by the Monarchs, and it's awesome to see their resilience. Um you know how many subs they had in this game? By chance? They had like a full bench of six or seven. I guess not technically full, but they had six or seven. I looked at it just for what you. What a miracle. It's like and every I saw other the game. Pierre bros starting together. That has to be. Oh, wow. First, first brother time duo brothers and, and have ever played for RSL, right? I think so. Yeah, even though it wasn't RSL, it was the Monarchs. But yeah, I think so. Well, under the RSL umbrella, which I know some don't like that term. but Yeah, I mean, we never it had. It has to a... be, right? There can't be another. But I feel like they would have posted about that. We never had that Beesler, so yeah, I yeah, think true. That, that we never be... did have the bees. Interesting. Any, anyways, well, go ahead and somebody out there fact check us on that one. I would be really interested to see. Um, regardless, we got to move on to our club news segment, shall we, Alex? I would love to, Ethan. Okay, well, um, Cody and I and Parker mentioned on our last episode about some of the guys that are on international duty. Um, Rubio Rubin, Brian Ojeda, Anderson Julio, and Jefferson Severino, all of them out for the St. Louis game. However, all except Rubio Rubin returning would be available for the Minnesota game on the weekend that we're going to go ahead and review in this one. So just a piece of news for the international guys. We expect Rubio Rubin to be back soon, but I'm not sure it's really going to matter with Chicho looming in the future. Um, St. Louis review. Let's go ahead and dive into this one, shall we, Alex? (laughs) We shall. We've okay. won on the road, Ethan. Tell me all about it. Oh, boy. Well, spoiler alert in case you haven't watched this game. If you have, congrats, because it was a really good game. RSL playing on the road against St. Louis. Best team in the West in this one. I was right. Burt Jackson did get the start in this game uh, with Danny Masovsky and Demir Krylock up top. Diego Luna gets another start, which you love to see. Emeka Nelly at right back. Emeka and Nelly at right back. And Andrew Brody at left, which I prefer for outside backs. So pretty strong lineup in this one. Things get started off real hot in the 15th minute, where RSL takes a 1-0 lead. Thanks to a beautiful assist from Danny Masovsky, who sends the ball across. Demir Krylock with the dummy. And guess who is on the other end to put the ball away? It's Diego Luna. His first goal in MLS play congrats for Diego Luna it's something we have been waiting to see and we knew it was coming at some point it's finally come so congrats to Diego Luna getting us on the board for a 1-0 lead and just six minutes later we are back at it again oh wait no not six minutes later six minutes later wow 
This is really rough on me, man. I just see the goal thing. I don't see which team it's for. St. Louis scores, unfortunately. And it's 1-1. Nicholas Gioacchini Gioacchini scores the goal in this one uh, with a header. Um, Gavin Beavers is moving one way and has to jump back the other way. He does get a hand on it. But it's it's a tough save regardless. Justin Glad gets dunked on. Yes. And Gavin Beaver's body is moving the wrong way. It's it's unfortunate for him. 1-1 at that point. Um, halftime comes and goes at 1-1 apiece. And then just three minutes out of halftime, Demir Krylock gets a goal to go up 2-1 against St. Louis. It is a fantastic work ball. Diego Luna absolutely hustles, gets through a bunch of defenders, does not quit on the play. Gets the ball to Michael Chang, who just has a nice little pretty heel flick, back flick to Demir Krylock, who puts it away. RSL's up 2-1, to one, looking very strong in this one. And then about 20 minutes later, in the 66th minute, Demir Krylock gets his brace, puts the ball into the net, and the, the score is 3-1. to one, A beautiful assist by Andrew Brody with the hustle on the left wing, getting to the ball first and just sending it into Dami, who puts the ball away. RSL goes on to win this game on the road against the best team in the West. Three to one. RSL had a total of 13 shots in this game. Get this, nine on target. That's the most glaring stat for me is this this is probably our most successful shot to shot on goal ratio in a single game this year. I would say it has to be 13 shots, nine on target, as opposed to 11, only three on target for St. Louis. RSL thoroughly outplayed St. Louis in this game. There were plenty of opportunities. St. Louis just looked exhausted, and RSL looked hungry, looked like a team that really wanted to win this game. Alex, what were some of your takeaways? It didn't even look close. Dude, even when we're 1-1, we were still just absolutely thrashing them. It was incredible. It was so fun to watch with so many guys missing. Sava, Rubio, Anderson, Gomez, all these guys. Gomez, right? He was on that list, wasn't he? Yeah. All yeah. these guys are gone, and yet we still took it to the best team in the West, yeah. a team that trounced us 4-0 to at home earlier in the season. Yep. I have no idea how we do it. <laughs> we look so good on the road. We've won, what, five row games now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. First team in MLS this year to win five road games. Fun little stat. Why? Why? We have two wins at home. I have no idea how that calculates. I don't because know how. I think management is, is allowing RSL players to take their bed from home and like travel with <laughs> it on the road because I, I think oh, that was used man. at one point. They're, like players just sleep better at home because dude, they're in their own that bed. Question. Like, yeah, I asked that question to I, Pablo and he I says post game that. that the reason we play so much better at home is because all of the mental aspects they took their beds with them, I guess. Like, sleeping in your own bed were directly his words so ethan maybe you're right maybe they have like a wayfair just, subscription where they're just oh. getting their own bed sent to these cities and then they're terrible at home because they forget their beds they forget to take forget them back their home beds yeah because and of the they have shipping. to get them shipped to the new location on the road so yeah, okay. because of because that, so people when they complain about wednesday saturday wednesday games <laughs> that's the problem it's not that it's like hard on your legs it's, it's, that it's really really difficult to ship a mattress that far after you've unwrapped it and it unfurls and inflates. It's very, very difficult wow. to do so. That actually makes a lot of sense. Ethan, I think you've cracked um, the code. But no, in truth, I was listening to uh, Off the Crossbar, or Real Salt Lake podcast. Congratulations to Matt Montgomery on the birth of his child. Yes, congrats, and Matt. Jitty Montgomery, just 
wonderful for them. Yes. There's so many new fathers in RSL podcasting world. Shout out to you all. Ethan, you really led the way there. Way to go, yeah. buddy. You set a trend yes. and everybody else is just following. I try. But uh, they mentioned, Colin did so on the show, that the press for RSL has grown leaps and bounds in its organization and its structure. Yep. And I think he is is right when he says that teams at home are going to play a little bit more open and a little bit more expansive. And that makes it a little bit easier to press them in an organized way just because there's going to be more space because they're going to naturally want to attack more. And I think that's part of it. And something I've hinted at earlier in the year is that RSL loves to be the underdog. Pablo Mastroeni loves to play um that role and i think he does a very good job at it and i think it's easier to hype your guys up for that sort of mentality when you're on the road and when you're not favored than when you are home and you're expected to come out and win yeah, pablo is a very mentally minded coach and psychologically minded coach i don't think that it's for nothing that we do see them perform so well on the road in a role that i think the players themselves have kind of grappled on to uh, and the organization as a whole, you know, the whole RSL family thing really does seem to be making somewhat of a comeback. And I mm -hmm. wonder if that mentality does truthfully have some sporting advantage to it when you look at these road results, because it's, it's truly impressive what they've done and done missing so many guys and rotating so many different players and still yet playing the same for formation week in, week out. We see Diego Luna on the left wing here, which is a spot he's played a lot for the Monarchs last year and looked super comfortable in yeah. that area. So I think Pablo's done a really good job of kind of dumbing everything down, uh, which is weird because there doesn't seem to be too much to his approach tactically. And he never really wants to talk about tactics when you bring it up in like post-game press conferences. Uh, and not to say he doesn't understand them or doesn't utilize them. Obviously, that's not the case. But I think he's just made it very repeatable, like the actions that are expected. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, we heard Rubio Rubin was the only guy starting up top because he led the press and he did so mm -hmm. much work defensively. Yeah. And now we see other guys coming in and doing that job better uh, or at least to the same level that he was. And so maybe the expectations are just very clear now. Maybe it just took half a season of practice to understand exactly what everybody's roles were in the press or in transition. And that's where we look really good. And that's where we look really good in this game is in transition moments. And Diego Luna's goal comes right from that. And uh, his little pass then into Michael Chang, who flicks it on for Dami. It's like one of the so prettiest, good. one of the prettiest Arsenal goals I've seen in like years. And it's the third just, goal even too is Andrew Brody steals the ball and it's on the counter. Like it's just him coming down the left wing and getting into Dami and then it's a goal. Like, yeah. And it helps that Dami's an elite finisher. It's just excellent. Like everything we saw from them in this game was so positive and i'm just yeah. it leaves me so optimistic uh yeah I, and you I'm add chicho to this mix man and that's like the buzzword oh. of every rsl piece of coverage for the next two weeks until he gets here yes. and well i know he's here but until he gets to play but yeah. truthfully like it looks really good it's really exciting how many opportunities we're making and how clear-cut these chances are and how defined everyone's role is and despite how at times boring the 442 might be without a true creative air quotes number 10 in the middle leading things i think if we can get diego luna gomez and Sabarino all in the field at the same time i think that is plenty of creativity uh regardless of where it's coming from on the field to continue to create chances and we're not just lofting in balls mm -hmm. hopelessly into you know the top of the six so i'm extremely ecstatic from how these goals were scored 
more so than the fact that we even just got three of them on the road. I think it was just an excellent game all around. Yeah, you brought up Chicho Arango, and uh, I was thinking back to I actually had a dream about Chicho Arango, <laughs> and I had, I had a dream that he was already playing with us like before he was like eligible, which I thought was weird, but I wasn't mad about it at all. And Chicho scored like a goal in his first game and stuff, and I was like, I don't know how he's playing for us already, but he scored, so I'm not complaining. So. I hope Chicho can score in his debut. That would be really cool. Maybe I had a dream about it and it's going to happen. I don't know. We'll see. Um, (laughs) Sidebar. I manifested a Le'Veon Bell touchdown via a dream myself when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. His only touchdown all year. I literally had a dream about it. I sent it in the group chat. I started him that weekend and he scored me 17 points. It was the highest point total he had all season. It was incredible. That nobody has ever called their shot quite like Alex Stradamus over here. Maybe we should just change our podcast name to the RSL Dreamers instead. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like that. that. I guess the one, right? RSL Dreamers. No, 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 that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Nico Joachini, his goal in this game is his fourth consecutive game with a goal scored. So he was on an absolute tear coming into this game. Um, so good for him. Uh, just takeaways. You mentioned Diego Luna looks, he looks incredible. He looks he looks elite. I have no idea why this guy was not getting playing time, not getting starts even for that matter. Um, earlier with Pablo, like quite mind-boggling to me because he looks he looks amazing. He looks so good. He's creating opportunities. Um, uh, creating wise, uh, oh boy, I don't know if I want to say this quite yet because we do have Jefferson Sabrina who's very good at creating, but like. If, if Luna keeps starting, he could be the best creator we've had since Albert Rusnak. Well, it's rude to say when Sabarino's on the field, but I it think is, he might be it it's a different sort of end, end of this End of the season. End of the season. Like, let's give it some time, but it's possible. Like, he's certainly on track for that. Yeah, he looks awesome. He looks his so passing, good. His passing is just next level. And um, that's a little bit frustrating because he's always looked awesome. Like, this isn't yes, a revelation. This is that's exactly true. the player who we knew him that's to true. be and who RSL front office pitched him to be in their press release when they initially signed him. So it's not like this is some sort of massive yeah. uh, moment or movement for the club and the roster itself. It's just kind of the obvious thing has finally happened that everybody's been asking for, and it looks really good. Yes. And maybe not getting those minutes is what pushed Diego to get to this level. Perhaps. It's possible. Let's yes. spin it that way to be as, yes. genu- uh, as uh, generous as we can. But Demir, Demir Krylock gets a uh, on FootMob a 9.0 rating in this game. Highest rated RSL player with the brace really helps you. Guess who the second highest rated player on the field was according to FootMob? That makes me think it's going to be a St. Louis player. No. Oh, no, really? no, 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 no. No, 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 nope. I have no idea. Not even Luna, actually. It was Andrew Brody. Andrew Brody was at 8.4 because he had the assist. He played well on that left side. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's been getting better and better at the left side. Beginning of the season wasn't so great, but he's gotten better as the season's gone on on that left side. Um, and Emeka and Nelly played great. Brian Vera, uh, this is a game where he's seen at center back and generally has not played well there, but he got a 7.7 on foot mob. I thought he played pretty well. Besides that, Joaquini goal, it's a shutout for he and Justin Glad in the back. And so uh, props to them for being able to do the job against St. Louis. It, St. Louis didn't have a bunch of attackers like uh, Lowen, uh no Klaus in this game, Blom. There were some guys that can score goals unavailable for St. Louis regardless. Still played very well. For me, this was an amazing team effort. And one of the biggest takeaways, too, is Demir Krylock. I All of us doubted Demir Krylock. We were worried about the injury. And then he got an injury and was out for a while and didn't look great 
before we were very concerned about Demir Krylock. He has come back with a bang and he's scoring goals. He looks to be in pretty good form. And I'm so glad that we were hopefully wrong. I mean, so far wrong about how this this year was going to play out for him. He looks great. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to help this team contend for a playoff spot at the end of the year. And do so in a way that I think best suits where he's at as a player right now with Luna and a new rumored defensive midfielder coming in from Colombia, whose name I am forgetting, Ethan Palacio. Nelson Nelson Palacio. Nelson Palacio. With them adding depth in the midfield and with Chicho Arango adding depth up top, Demir no longer has to be penciled in as a starter on this team, which he shouldn't have been really to be counted on for any extended period of time this season. And I think if that is the case and that the front office and the coaching staff sees it that way as well, and they save Dami's legs for really important moments, like, I don't know, going up against the best team in the West on the road when you're depleted due to international duty. I think that's a great thing. I think that's a great way to use him and to keep him from really running into the ground as we kind of saw to be the case in the U.S. Open Cup minutes when he was going 120 minutes on a baseball field in Las Vegas, Nevada. Like, I don't think that's the best usage of Dami. I think saving him for these sorts of rotational minutes, high impact minutes are going to be the most reliable way to use him, let's say, because I just don't think he's a 90 minute player every game. And I think that's fine. I I don't think that should be, uh, you know, a huge hurdle to, to leap over for the coaching staff. I think that should be relatively easy for Dami himself as well to kind of come to grips with, I think. Well, Alex, shall we move on? I, I've got nothing else to say on this game. Um, I like that Gavin Beaver started, and I was happy he got the win. Uh, we're going to talk probably more about him in this next game. But Alex, shall we move on to the Minnesota game review? I would love to, my friend. What happened in the Minnesota game? Surely, after coming off a win on the road against the best team in the West, we were able to beat a team at home who has two wins in their last 12 matches. Is that not correct, Ethan? Well, Alex, if you remember correctly, RSL forgot their beds and were unable to <gasps> sleep in their own beds at this home game. So they oh, played no. Minnesota. Oh, no. Post game, I asked Paolo Master Pablo 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 Mastroeni about the team, about the rotation. I think there were eight players rotated into this game in the starting lineup, so a very different team starting in this game. He said it was due to the amount of games, the high amount of games the team has played over the last few weeks. Um However, the team does not play a midweek game this week, so in my mind, play your starters. But uh, I guess Pablo knows better than me. Maybe not uh, from the result of this game. But uh, we get guys like Bodie Hidalgo starting in this game. Brian Oviedo makes his first start since getting injured um, a while back. Michael Chang gets the start in this one as well. Um, and we see Anderson Julio also start after being left out of the mix from uh, for the last couple of games as well. Um, it did not start well. Uh, looked like it was going to. Bodie Hidalgo, despite not playing very well, has an opportunity in the 16th minute of this game. Gets past the defender. The defender places, now listen up, both hands on Bodie Hidalgo. Hidalgo goes down in the box. There's a penalty called. However, VAR intervenes, reviews the call, and Tori Pencil, the referee for this game, determines that it was not a foul in the box. No penalty. The call is waved off. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But in the 27th minute, Minnesota comes down and gets a goal through Hassani Dotson. It's a 1-0 lead for Minnesota. And then just 12 minutes later, later, they double their lead with a great finish from Emmanuel Reynoso at the back post. It's a nice little tap-in for him. Very unfortunate. Terrible defensive play. Bad marking from Brian Oviedo. And the ball just, just floated up over Zach McMass head into 
uh, the back post where nobody is except for Emmanuel Reynoso to tap it in for a goal. The first goal by Dotson was kind of bobbled around. Uh, McMath punched it very short and the ball fell to Dotson and scored. So 2-0. He, kinda, he slapped it more than he punched it. <laughs> it, was, it was a little tap. He kind of like, like softly hit. patted yes. it. Yes. Yes, that's probably a more accurate description. But anyways, RSL is down 2-0 at halftime, and some people, RSL fans, were spotted leaving the stadium at halftime. Uh, not a great look for the team. However, the team continued to try. Power Ruiz in the second half has an absolute banger, belcher of a goal from outside of the box. Absolutely fantastic hit past Clint Irwin, the backup keeper for Minnesota. And just like that, RSL is down 2-1, but wait. Not so fast. VAR, as they love to do, intervenes in this one and determines that Anderson Julio, while he was in an offside position, is obstructing the vision of Clint Irwin, the goalkeeper, and the goal is waved off. Very unfortunately. Uh, Disagree with this call as well. Um, And then, in the 79th minute, the long-awaited goal from RSL, Danny Masofsky gets a lovely floated ball from Pablo Ruiz over the top. Musovski outruns the defender, gets to the ball first, and puts it away past the keeper. RSL is finally down 2-1. No VAR intervention there. And then the game continues in nine added minutes in the 98th minute of added time. Brian Ojeda with an absolutely lovely floated ball up over the top of every single player on the field, except for Luna, who it falls to. Luna with a one-time tap pass. The ball bounces off the ground over Minnesota defenders and straight into the lap of Justin Glad, who with a first-time volley strike puts the ball into the upper roof of the net to tie this game at 2-2. That is how this one would end. Despite a chance late to win the game, RSL will settle for the one point at home after being down 2-0 in this game to come back and tie it. The The most... striking statistic in this game is that RSL had 27 shots. Last game, they had 13 shots, nine on target, 27 shots. Only six of those were on target. Eight shots for Minnesota with five on target, much more productive, much more quality for Minnesota in this game. RSL really, really struggled. And I'm going to point to the outside backs to start off, man. Uh, Hmm. Bodie Hidalgo and Brian Oviedo really, really let us down. This, I understand this was Oviedo's first game back from injury, but maybe he shouldn't have started this game. Maybe he should have come on late as a substitute to kind of get get back into it, as he did in the St. Louis game. Bodhi Hidalgo looked really bad, despite getting the penalty, which I, I thought should have stood. Um, just he gave the ball away a lot. He was, you know, he, he was having issues marking some players at times. I personally did not like the way that Bodhi Hidalgo had played in this game. I think that it's even even more solidifies the fact that we need Anelli. And Andrew Brody, Andrew Brody on the left, and Nelly on the right. I think that's that's almost indisputable at that at this point. Like maybe you could say Brian Vera on the left, but like I, I prefer Andrew Brody over there and Anelli. Yeah, and I feel bad for you because I thought this was going to be a really difficult podcast for you to record because we all know that Brian Oviedo is kind of your guy. When, once Chicho was announced, he stopped being my guy. <laughs> I oh, so much for a ride or die. <laughs> I don't need him anymore. It was just a rider gently get off at the easiest. I, I, I was more on Brian Vera once Chicho got there. So if you want to. Oh, we will have to, to rewind the tapes somebody. on that one. But I agree with your analysis. I would place 98% of the blame for both goals yes. on Brian Oviedo. The second mm-hmm. one is much more obvious. He makes a challenge 
for a ball 20, 15 to 20 yards away from the rest of his back line. He goes to yeah. chase a ball carrier in the center of midfield. There's no chance he's ever going to win this ball. He's putting passive pressure at best and leaving the most dangerous player on the field, Emmanuel Reynoso, wide the heck open on the whole right-hand side of the field. So as he goes to press, they play a ball up over the top. He's late to react. He goes to the middle instead of going out wide, which forces Marcelo Silva to come centrally to take another player away because he wasn't getting back fast enough either. Doesn't check his shoulder, doesn't see Reynoso, never feels the danger. Ball gets chipped over. Commentator says it's McMath's fault. I have no idea what McMath is supposed to do there. He has to cover his near post or he's just going to rock uh, launch yeah. a rocket. Ball falls to Reynoso. He slams it in. The first goal, Reynoso beats him 1v1 on the right flank to get across yes. in that ends and up he, being the goal. Hold on. He clicked him like three times. He Twice faked where least. he was going and faked him out like three different times. He was nowhere close to Reynoso's level. Was nowhere bad. close. McMath, as we mentioned, kind of slaps the ball away when he really should have punched or could have grabbed. I don't. He made more of it than it needed to be. And then was also seemingly slow to react to the position yeah. of Hassani Dotson when he does shoot the ball. But whatever, Ethan, frankly, I am still ecstatic. We created yeah. plenty of chances. As you mentioned, 27 shots. We only get whatever abysmal number it was, like five on target. Whatever. Ruiz's goal should have stood. I yes. think letter of yes. the law, letter yes. of the law, the referee got it correct. Like he is in the line of sight but of the goalkeeper. It has to be clear and obvious. And I do I don't think it was no, clear and obvious. I I don't know. I think Anderson is certainly in the way. I don't think the goalie even complained about it. So my guess is VAR like up in the booth must have seen it. Uh, if they're really looking for that sort of thing, I guess that's their job, but it feels extremely Alex, nitpicky. Here's, here's something on that. What, goal. I will see... say, what I will say is that she called a tight game the whole game. So it would yes. have been out of character for her to have not called that. You, there's a freeze frame where you see Clint Irwin peeking over the side of Anderson Julia before the shot is fired which is probably the viewpoint they got and decided, oh, he's peeking over. He can't see the ball and the yeah. player that's shooting. And however, that's the case, however, it feels like a correct call. However, Clint Irwin is clearly moving the like the millisecond that ball is off of Paulo Ruiz's foot. It's not anybody's fault that Clint Irwin's old and can't get to that ball. Like, he's moving. He's getting there. He just can't get there fast enough because the ball is, is fired but with such is, is he not getting there because he's two inches to the right because he has to peek over the guy who's offside so. and then I, I has to get back so. to the left? If he's two inches closer to the left, does he get there? I don't know. Regardless, so. uh, as Matt Montgomery was one to point out on Twitter, you got to reform the offside law. you got to rewrite it or you're going to continue to get these sorts of calls because that Correct. is what the rule says you have to call. The first one, the first penalty that is then overturned via VAR I don't know. I, it okay. was soft. it was an extremely soft was, to call it. When you it look was. at the replay, you mentioned that he has two hands on him. Two he does. hands. He's not even he playing does. the ball. All he does is have them on him. He does not push. He does not tug. He does not pull. He is kind of just it's feeling true. to see it where soft, the attacker is. There is no contact with his ankles, no contact with his legs. And I believe the contact actually starts outside the box. And I think that is why she was inclined to overturn the call. If the whole entirety of the contact had taken place in the box, I think it probably stays as a penalty. But because it really starts outside the box and then works its way in, and it was already a pretty soft call, I don't hate the fact that that one was overturned. I think if you switch the jerseys, which, by the way, Minnesota's jerseys, freaking awesome. Loved them. Yeah. 10 out of 10 jerseys for me. If you switch the jerseys, I think we are extremely upset if that goal, or if that penalty, rather, is called against us and it stands. So I don't know. I think those two refereeing decisions 
are not the reason we tie this game. I think Brian Oviedo getting absolutely caught up in shambles is, is, is the majority of the blame as well. Last thing I'll say before I turn it over to you and what your thoughts on this call. Uh, if you're a fan or you're a commentator, if the referee draws the box after looking at VAR, that means the call changed. So if they go over to the box, they watch, and then they come back. If they blow their whistle and they immediately like point to something, that means it stayed. So if it had been a penalty, she would have pointed at the spot. If she goes like this and draws a box with two fingers, that means that the call changed. Like I don't know how every commentator doesn't know that yet, but it always takes them too long to actually seemingly understand that the call has changed when it has. But I digress. Ethan, you seem to think it was a penalty. Um, yeah, I do. It's, it is soft. It is soft. I think it still should have been called. Maybe that's just my bias and wanting the, the opportunity for RSL, but it's, it's tight. It's tight. Um, I should have known that we weren't going to get the penalty call because RSL only has one penalty all year given. And that would have been the second. And I just should have known it wasn't going to happen because you don't like to get <laughs> you penalties a dream, as Ethan. a team. Why didn't I you should've. dream this? You should have foreseen this. I uh, should have forced my mind to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I hate to blame stuff on the officiating, and so I won't wink, wink. Um, blame it on Oviedo. That's what I did. Worked great. I, I, I no, I, I do think Oviedo. I think it was. Uh, I posted a link of the video of his fault on my Twitter. Sure. Like it's very bad. Yes. He challenges yes. a guy twenty five yards absolutely like, into the um, center circle and makes zero effort to actually get the ball. Like there was nothing he could have done. I don't know what he was doing. A lot of this is on Brian Oviedo. I thought Marcelo Silva and Justin Glad played fine. Like, and yeah. these two goals are really on Brian Oviedo and a little bit on McMath as well. Um, Marcelo Silva, Justin Glad, I, they're fine going forward. Zach McMath, if this is Gavin Beavers, I think the second goal is saved. Because I think Gavin, Gavin Beavers is 6'5". He's a bit taller than McMath. He's played basketball, so we know he can jump. I think he gets that ball. It just The ball is just over, just out of the reach of Zach McMath. I think Gavin Beavers gets there and at least gets a hand on it. And if he doesn't, my whole point with Gavin Beavers is did Zach McMath do anything in this game that Beavers couldn't have? No, because the, no, the ball he, that was, was bare, I think, I mean, maybe it's because he's tall as well again, and that really helps as a goalkeeper when you have height, but like he probably does something to get more of a hit on that ball that's just barely and, tapped out, and that's the Dotson goal. So maybe Gavin Beavers doesn't get to either of the two that Zach McMath well, maybe he does. But he gets to everything else, and if he misses those two, like Zach McMath, we seem to be in agreement, should have punched on the first one, or should have done something more to actually clear the ball instead of just putting it gently even, down. Even with the result. Yeah, that would have been a lesson for Gavin Beavers. Whereas yes, instead of Zach McMath, that's just like a bad day at work. And yes. when you look at some of these goalkeepers that are now being sent overseas for millions and millions of dollars, a lot of that is potential. They are selling yes. on potential. Teams yes. are less inclined to buy a player on potential when they don't see him starting regularly. So not and, that we're just trying to make him a commodity yes. to be sold, but that you should be... It. Yeah, you we've seen, seen the talent. Beavers, like, there's you know no reason. Good. I agree. Like, Totally put, agree. Mc, put McMath on the bench the rest of the season. Say, did a fantastic job. Maybe give him rotation. If Beavers gets a little nicked up just to be safe, maybe you can start McMath because he's a fine, he's a, he's, he's, he's probably, a career MLS backup. He's, like, he's, he's probably the best MLS backup. He, he could be the best backup in all of MLS if you started Gavin Beavers over him for the rest of the season. I agree. Easily. There's just no, there's just Easily. no need for Zach McMath. There's no, no strategic reason for Zach to there's be no starting reason. this game. He doesn't do anything more in possession, he doesn't do anything yes. more in transition moments. It's purely because it's like heart and soul, I think, from Pablo yes. uh, and making sure like team morale yes. and team community stays high, which maybe yes. there is, you know, really something yeah. true 
and some sporting advantage that comes from that. But I yeah. think, much like Diego Luna of three weeks yes. ago, Gavin Beaver should be starting every single game. So we talked about the back line and Zach Math. I want to point out that the, the comeback started in the second half. That was when we started thoroughly outplaying Minnesota because we needed it more. We needed to score goals, and I feel like RSL loves to do that. But look at the players that came into the game in the second half that did not start this game. Danny Masovsky. Jefferson Savarino, both those guys on in the 46th minute. Andrew Brody and Demir Krylock in in the 67th minute. Those guys were instrumental in helping the team get cro- get across the line and get this draw. Demir Krylock's the captain for the team. He's the guy who's supposed to fire everybody up. He comes in in the 67th minute, and I mean, he didn't directly affect any of the plays, but I think it, it, having his presence there does go a long way, especially off the bench. Now, Andres Gomez, we got to talk about him for a second because. He did not look good in this game. And that's something we rarely say about Andres Gomez because he has looked fantastic this year, but he didn't look very good. And then he comes out, and I believe the 67th minute, I think that was the Demir Krylock substitution. No, he um, was off at halftime. Oh, off at halftime. Even worse. Uh, tough scenes from Andres Gomez. He wasn't playing well in this game. Um, I'm going to give him a pass because he's been great elsewhere. He does lead the team in assists, as mentioned to me by Matty Casey. Um, and so I... I I like having Andres Gomez on the field, but he wasn't good this game. And it's unfortunate because Michael Ching really wasn't either. The wing play was not great. Um, Diego Luna starts this game, and he still looks good. He has creative opportunities, but just doesn't get anything on the sheet, which has been an issue of his. Anderson Coolio, for me, is the biggest talking point in the attack because I talked about it before this game started. Before this game, he had... Zero goals and zero assists in his last 314 MLS minutes. Some of those were starts, but some of those were 10, 20 minute stints off the bench, granted. Um, goes 67 minutes in this game and no goal and assist. So make that 300 and they say 80 something. I, tw- I retweeted it out, but that's about, that's almost 400 MLS minutes without a goal or an assist from Anderson Julio after starting off the season very well with Chicho Arango. People are saying it doesn't matter. What if Chicho gets injured? What if we have a lot of games we need to Don't rotate? Don't you players? ever say those words in that order ever again, Ethan. <laughs> Don't you ever, before he even puts on an RSL jersey. How no. dare you, sir? How what, dare what if he gets a ding? What if he gets a ding? We want to be cautious with him because that's what happened with Andres Gomez. He got an ankle injury. We want to be careful with him. He didn't play against St. Louis, right? What if he gets a ding? We want to be careful. We don't play him for a game. Better. And what if we need a striker? Warmer. Okay. Yeah, no, so, I think you're right. Uh, there's plenty to choose from. I think once it's if it's not Chicho, everybody else to me is the exact same. So whether or not yeah, Anderson's actively scoring goals, Rubio Rubin didn't score no, goals for like three stop, months. And we Alex, still him. You can't deny though that Anderson Julio has the athletic profile to be better than all the other strikers on this roster. He has the ability yeah, to, do I mean, that, he's, he's, to he's get like, in behind. He's quicker than that, but goals, I don't know that just his profile. Fantastic down to his goals. I think he's a great. I think he's jumps really high too, and is a very good area. Great headers, uh, as seen in Kansas City. But I that don't bicycle know. Kick against, was it I don't know that athletically he's, he's really that much better than Rubio Rubin or Danny Musovsky. I mean, Danny Musovsky holds off a defender. A Danny Musovsky is making like a five yard run and shoving a guy off the ball That's to score true. that first goal. I think athletically, yes. I don't know that um, Anderson Julio is really much more. He's faster than he is certainly faster, but there's more to being an athlete than coming down to quickness. And I love Anderson Julio. This is coming from Anderson Julio. I'm not actually that worried about him. I don't think his stats 
need mm. to be a goal and assist every other game. But no, I no, do think... three almost four hundred MLS minutes though. Yeah, this Rubio Rubin had a way worse streak, and, and it was, and like, he's becoming Rubio Rubin now because he doesn't have a goal. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you got to play him through this lump, and he becomes Anderson Yeesh. Julio. I don't know. I still believe he should be a yeah, winger. That's though. my biggest problem: is that he was brought in That's to true. be a winger, and he's never actually gotten the opportunity to play that position. I think starting Diego Luna at this kind of like false nine, whatever he was playing, kind of on the wing, kind of in the middle. I think that opens up the possibility for Anderson Julio to get minutes on the wing. I don't hate him there. I think it actually makes a lot of sense, especially late in the game coming on for a Savarino or a Gomez or a Chang or what have you. But I'm not worried about Anderson Julio. He'll be fine. It's been a while since he scored or an assisted, but a lot of those minutes are substitute minutes too. So he's really coming on in like negative game scripts or extremely positive game scripts where we're up three, one on the road. He doesn't actually have to do anything. So I'm, too. I know, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm just not worried about him. I think we've been good despite him. And I think the roster is going to get better in his position. So I don't think it's, that is exactly what we were saying about Ruby Rubin earlier this year, but we want to hear what you all have to say. Do you think, are, are, are you genuinely worried about Anderson Julio or are you not worried, especially with the incoming? Well, how, how good is it to be worried about the third or fourth striker on the depth chart? It's true. It's true, but you know he, I mean? like, he is a guy, like, historically, man, he was the guy that came into games and scored goals for us, like, late. And that was his thing, man. And he just, like, he has had that exact same opportunity, just hasn't come through for it. He looks like a little bit of a different player after the injury, which I hate to say, but I think it's something that's happening with him. Um, regardless, I it was a tough game. Beginning of the game, if you asked me if I was happy with a draw, I would, I would have said, absolutely not. This is a must-win game. Like, we have to beat Minnesota. But and if they asked you in the 95th minute. <laughs> yes. And, and at halftime, if you asked me if it was a draw, I would say, let's let's go. Like, absolutely give me the draw. Um, but I, I, man. Yeah, it, it was tough. Diego Luna played well in this game. Brian Ojeda and Pablo Ruiz, for me, difference makers in this game, man. With their, their I mean, Ojeda's goal ends up being an assist for Luna. But that ball is is, is just amazing. Um, Pablo Ruiz's goal floated over the top just fantastic pass like this passing from our defensive midfielders is something that i love to see and that we really really need because we're feeding the ball through and it's getting and it's accurate we have not seen those kinds of accurate passes historically i would say for rsl um and then just in post game that that goal from justin glad was amazing he said it was his favorite goal he has ever scored in his career because he had family that flew in that he didn't know about this was i think his 203rd appearance, most appearances for an RSL homegrown player ever. And this was at the death. This was at the death to tie the game. It was a fantastic strike, too, in the roof of the net. So he said it was his favorite goal he's ever scored. And I don't blame him at all. It was electric. The stadium was on fire after that goal. RSL picks up the point at home, which is unfortunate. And they move on to a road game. Are you ready to preview this road game, Alex? Or shall we continue? I am. You know, I'm really happy with this game, which is weird coming from me when we tie a game at home that we should have won. But you get one goal called back that's a matter of inches and Anderson Julio just hustling a little bit more to get back on side. You get a penalty that was very, very close. Yes. And this game could look a whole lot different. Yeah, Chicho Arango, just not worried. I think we look really good, and I don't think there's too much cause for concern in this one. All right, A. Eh? Well, let's get into the uh, the game preview, A, eh? for the Toronto game. Wow. RSL travels on the road to Canada. <laughs> yeah, it was really Seamless, bad. Ethan. Seamless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in case you couldn't tell, they're going to Canada to play against Toronto. 
This is an away game on Saturday, July 1st at 5.30 p.m., an earlier-than-usual kickoff time because it is an East Earn game. Um, Toronto is currently 14th, second-to-last in the East. Not great at all. Just barely news came out today, I believe, that Toronto has fired their head coach, Bob Bradley, and relieved him of coaching duties. Toronto currently sits on three... <laughs> oh, boy. Three wins, man. Three wins all season. Ten draws and seven losses with 19 points. RSL has been at fuego on the road lately, and one, well, many people are saying that this is a trap game because the interim coach is taking over and the players want to play for him, and I don't, I don't care, and I don't see it, and they have three wins all year, but... If it were to happen against RSL, that would be very RSL-like. I don't care, though. I did. Three wins, ten draws, and seven losses. And RSL's been great on the road. And so I I want to say that they lose this game because then they would win. My reverse psychology has been pretty good this year. But I just I, I got to say where I think it's going to go. And I think RSL wins this game. And I think it's... Uh, 2-1. I was going to say 2-0, but maybe they get a goal for their head coach in the beginning, and then we come back and rally like we do. So 2-1. 2-1 RSL. Win. On the road. I love it, Ethan. I love the optimism. I think it's well-founded. I think much like the Los Angeles Galaxy earlier in the year, there is cause for concern for a trap game. They came in here under similar circumstances after firing Chris Klein, and they won 3-2 at Rio Tinto Stadium. But as you said, we're on the road, baby. And we have a full seven days to ship those beds out to Toronto, get them through customs. Uh, and I have I, I see no concerns there, getting the mattresses there on time into the hotel rooms. And so I think we're going to win this game. And I think we're going to win it four to one, Ethan. I am vastly <laughs> confident in this RSL team, dude. And this is when they're going to come in and break my heart. But until they do, I have to believe that they are who they purport to be. And that seems to be a very good team in MLS. And Toronto are horrible. Toronto are absolutely terrible. It does not matter how much money they spend on their roster. They have never won with a coach not named Greg Vanny. And I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon, uh, interim or not. So I'm not worried about a new coach bump, not worried about a trap game. I think we were going to go in there, and I think we're going to thrash them. Wow. Wow. I think Diego Luna gets a goal. I think Sabarino probably doesn't travel for this game, actually. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think Pablo Mastroeni scores a goal. Pablo Mastroeni gets goals. one from the sideline. Pablo <laughs> Ruiz probably gets one from the sideline. Uh, Brody Hidalgo scores one from like midfield at right back. Like, uh, yeah, dude, I just think we're gonna freaking crush Toronto. Like, I'm so not worried about this game. All right, well, Cody's prediction for this game was, um, boy, oh boy, I gotta find he's probably Twitter something because... stupid like a so, tie. I bet. So, so he actually messaged me, he's okay, he's coming back tonight from Wyoming. Oh, so Cody is, is fine, no, no issues there, no bear attacks. Oh boy. I, I promise you I didn't see his prediction beforehand, but he and I are going to agree Wow! at 2-1. Those cursed so boys. All of us. All of us are taking wins on the road for RSL. Some I of us more emphatically than others. but That's got to be the first time we've all agreed on a road win for RSL in a while. That's a really good point. That's some pod pod trivia right there. Boy, There's oh no boy. way we've all thought about a road win before. Okay, well, um, I'm going to give Cody the ability to talk about his one to watch, even though he's not here, so I'll talk about his one to watch. Um, because we all probably want to steal it. And we all Diego want Luna. this guy to shine, and it is Diego Luna. What a, what because 
I mean, Diego Luna has become the one to watch every week. If you're not watching for Diego Luna, what are you doing watching RSL games? Like, just my mind is is absolutely blown the way he takes on. He, sure, he's a little stocky. He's a little slower. It doesn't matter, man. He shrugs off defenders. He just takes them on and he absolutely destroys them. His footwork is insane. That second goal in the game against uh, the blah, 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 St. Louis. Bro, he does not give up on the play. He falls down. He gets back up, sends the ball in, and it's a goal. Like, his footwork, his, his determination to just, like, make plays is unrivaled. And so I have talked now about Cody's one to watch, which... <laughs> and you did a really good job. I mean, just, I, how can it not be? Yeah, Diego much like Chumbawamba, Diego Luna Alex, falls down, but he gets back up again. Alex, who's your one to watch for this My game? one to watch is going to be... I want to say Gavin Beavers again, but that just Ooh. feels like a cop out. Uh, Anderson Julio, why not? Why not, Ethan? My guess is he comes on as a sub, and like you were saying, he used to have a wow. role on this team that was very well defined, and that was to come in late to get in behind set defenses and to try and score goals. I think he gets that opportunity, but I think we are going to be up when he comes into the game. I think we're going to be up 2-0, 3-0, 2 to 1, 3 to 1, whatever it may be. And I think there is going to be space for Anderson Julio. And I think he is going to get in behind. And I think he is going to score his first goal in 300 and blah, 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 however many minutes, says uh, crotchety old man Ethan, uh, who has been keeping track just to prey on the downfall of a. I don't uh, want to. I love Anderson Julio. Nice I've always loved Anderson Julio. Stop. I, know, I, do too. I know. It makes me feel bad too. It's just facts. But man. I think I, I think he's the one to watch because I think he's going to bring a spark off the bench and. Look, every striker now is fighting for second place on yes, this roster. It's true. So if that's the role that comes most easily to Anderson Julio, I hope he grabs on with both hands and doesn't let go. <sighs> so my one to watch is going to be I want to go with a Mecca and Ellie. You ah, uh, that's lovely. That's a great one to watch, actually. Because Brian Oviedo is so bad, they have got to make a change. So I was going to keep it, but I was going to say my one to watch is going to be Brian Oviedo. Not for good reasons. It was going to be watch him on the bench and pray that he is on the bench. Watch him with a bad attitude. He's, he's, uh, I don't know if I want to say this because I love Scott Caldwell. He's an amazing individual, Scott Caldwell is. But he's borderline getting to Scott Caldwell. We're like, he's just too slow, man. That's rude. Scott Caldwell's never been terrible this year. He's just slow. He's slow. And he just, yeah. He's not quite at the level. But he had a bad handball in the playoffs. Too. Just hope and pray that Brian Oviedo doesn't start and you get a, a good, healthy dose after a week of rest. No mid-game, no midweek game this week. So just a weekend game. Got plenty of time to rest. Pray that we get a double dose of Andrew Brody on the left and Emeka Nelly on the right. Because Emeka Nelly, smart guy, goes without saying. I, I think he's very coachable. Pablo has put him in a lot of different situations out of coming out of college as a forward and then playing really everywhere on the field. He's excelled. He's very Jasper. Very Jasper. Jasper Leffelsend of last year, and he looks fantastic doing it. Um, and you know, that's I, really a point actually about what I was trying to say about Pablo is that he seems like he's dumbed things down and that feels like a rude yes. word to use. I feel like he's just simplified things. And yeah. it goes to show when Emeka Anelli, a forward out of Cornell, can play in center defensive mid, right wing, right back, pretty much wherever. You know, it feels like it's just the objectives for each position have just become easier to identify and to organize, and it just feels like a positive step. I've been hard-pressed to find really any criticism on Anelli. He's, everybody makes mistakes in the games, but like, like he's, he's made a couple mistakes, but like nothing that's killed us and nothing that's, that's been glaring. So 
try and find a criticism for for uh, for Mecca and Ellie this next game because I haven't been able to find one yet. So that's your homework. Yeah, much like Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, nobody's <laughs> oh, perfect. Everybody makes mistakes, and Mecca and Ellie is no different. But I agree, Ethan. He is a great one to watch. I knew that was coming from a Gen Z um, person like yourself. Hey, I'm so, borderline, baby. Uh, okay. Well, let's go ahead and end the episode. Alex, do you have anything to say before we finish on up? Thank you all for listening. I yes. Man, there were some dark RSL days in there for the past couple months. But we're back, baby! We are back. We're like sixth in the Western Conference. Uh, it looked like one of the hottest teams uh, out here this side of the Mississippi. I don't know how that's happened. I don't purport to have any concrete answers other than Pablo Mastroeni's just hitting the right chords at the right time, I think. And the team and the roster is only going to get better. And it looks like that's going to happen sooner rather than later, which has seemed to be uh, standard at Real Salt Lake for the last decade and a half. So the fact that that is changing is awesome. Things are super positive right now. The home wins will come. I know yep. they will. The road wins will probably slow down, but that's fine. Life goes on. Yeah. Things are looking up, man. Things are looking up. Hey, man, this uh, Toronto game will be the last one without Chicho being available to play. So just remember that. We'll we'll preview next week's game where Chicho Rongo will be available. Thank you so very much, however, for listening to this episode. We'll hopefully be back with Cody. Hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to jump on in. I'll be in Seattle this next weekend for like a whole week and a half or so. So hopefully I can record and, uh, and do these episodes. But thank you all for listening and uh, listening to the podcast, listening to us talk about RSL. It's weird that people like to talk, like listen to us and stuff, but we appreciate it so very much every single Thanks week. Thanks to all 15,000 of you that listen in weekly. I really appreciate it. Yes, and especially a massive big thanks to all 285 of you that follow us on Twitter. You can find us at <laughs> RSL Season Pass on Twitter, and you can find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Please, 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 if you feel so inclined, leave a rating or a review very much appreciated and would very much help the podcast and the episodes also leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database because we need them i'm just being honest we're desperate please please help us we're literally begging you pod trivia questions for the poor we would uh we would El very Gringo, much Loco it. three get back here lion icicles get back here everybody Ryan come Chong back used to submit some get back here please Maybe come back literally begging don't use ChatGPT to write your questions. It's inaccurate information, as I learned today. It's wrong. Yes. It just makes things up. Don't do it. Uh, and then you ask for a source. It's like, I'm an AI model. I don't have sources. Like, <laughs> no, that's so stupid. Like, that's not how this works. You can't just make things up. Uh, well, once again, thank you all for not being an AI bot and actually listening to the episode <laughs> as a human being today. We hope you all have a fantastic week, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.